Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Creative Alchemist podcast. To those of you already supporting the show with a monthly subscription, thank you so, so much. If you'd like to become a supporter and help make this show possible, tap the link in this episode's description or visit anchor.fm slash the creative alchemist to become a monthly supporter. Thank you all again and enjoy. So I know a lot about sound, like way too much information about sound and how sound and light are kind of are really the same thing. So that's kind of what helped me understand photography and light was my basis in, you know, the base of learning how sound worked. I'm like astounded by that. I'm astounded. It's all waves. It's all waves. It's all waves. Sound waves, light waves, it's all waves. I Some think that's a good phrase to switch off with like, it's all good. Yeah. Like, it's, it's all, all waves. waves. It's all, it's all waves. Light, sound, it's all waves. So we've started recording. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put that over there in case you, you, you drop your volume a little bit. Do you bit mind if I take my shoes off? Radically. What? This is, this is your studio. It is my studio. I don't, cool. Like, I just, you, do you need me to take my shoes off? Get comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like, this make, is, when I said make yourself at home. This is your make studio, yourself at home. sir. Go make some eggs if you feel like it. I mean, whatever. <laughs> Go make some eggs. <laughs> We're about to have fun. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> so, um, I have my guests introduce themselves. So, please tell the good people who you are and what you do. Good morning, afternoon, or night, whatever time that you are checking into this. Uh, my name is Keith Clater. I am the owner, I'm going to give myself a new title, creative director Ooh. of uh, Time Frozen Photography. We've been here. We're actually in uh, Time Frozen Studio. We've been here for since 2010 so eight years uh we've, we've been in this space and uh, we like to make magic here and out in the world and capture light and shadow and things like that dope and again just saying if you haven't done yourself the favor please go check out the page like he's gonna tell you all the social medias and stuff afterwards but just just do it now listen to the podcast in the background and like go do yourself a favor do your eyes a favor do the things. Um, how did you come to being a photographer? How did we get here? It was it was a very long journey. I guess if I start way back at the beginning, um, I have to start with a career in sound and audio, um, which I, I was in the audio business for close to 18 years. So I spent a lot of time um, just in literally starting at like a working in uh, working in the basement of a stereo shop, or actually the, the first job was at LaSalle Music, in, which used to be in West Hartford, that's now over in East Hartford. Um, but I started out working just like being a stock boy and learning you know, how to like sneak up on the sales floor and sell audio equipment and keyboards and drum machines and all <laughs> that stuff. And uh, back, in, back in those days, this was going all the way back to high school, I thought that I was a producer. So I would, you know, I had my studio at home and, you know, I had my cassette deck that was doing all of my recording. <laughs> Shout out to tape. <laughs> Shout out to cassette I had, tapes. I had my Tascam, my Tascam recorder that was recording all of my mixes and everything. Um, but, you know, I, that really, that career uh, started at a very young age and it was, I always knew that I wanted to do something creative. Like, mm. no matter what I, what, what I did, um, I loved music. That was my first love. And, uh, and, you know, after 
going into that industry and really going feet first into that industry, uh, working at different stereo shops and then working for different manufacturers and going into the world of public relations for, um, for, for the audio industry, you know, I, I got to a point where I was starting to get a little bit burnt out, mm-hmm. um, just doing things for so long, uh, doing the same thing for so long, working in the same industry for so long. And, and the, the beautiful thing is at that particular moment, uh, and it's not, it wasn't beautiful then, but it, was, it turned out to be beautiful now. Um, I didn't know that, well, I was going to lose my job. So, um, so at, at a point where I started to really get into photography uh, and, and originally just started dabbling, and this was around 2001, um, at that point I got a phone call one day when the economy tanked that my job was gone. And uh, it was my first time losing the job. It was my first time ever having someone say, all right, you're not coming back tomorrow. And that was just, to me, that was the wake-up call. It was like, I don't ever want to go through that again. I don't want to lose a job. I don't want to get fired. I don't want to get laid off, you know, any, mm. anything like that. Yeah. And so I just decided, all right, I'm falling in love with this photography thing. Let's just see where it goes. Um, so on on the business side of it, that was kind of the... The transition into photography as a business. Uh, the the creative side of it was around 2001. Um, I started. I, I met a new group of friends and a new group of uh, people, and a lot of the people that I was surrounded with were just some really just super creative people, um, poets, spoken word artists. Uh, going back to the old days of of Signatures Cafe, which was uh, this dope spot that was across that was right next door to Papa's uh, wow shout out to Papa's way back but um, but it was it was this amazing open mic space that I just happened to stumble into and stumbled into a bunch of a whole new group of friends a whole, whole new group of people that I was surrounding myself with and I really didn't have at that point that creative outlet um, I there was no way in the world I had way too much stage fright to jump up on stage and, and try to try to deliver any type of spoken word um, and uh, so I just figured that I would just start capturing it and mm-hmm. start documenting it and I was just around with the camera you know picked up a camera and just started following people and documenting you know that that time in my life and everything that was happening and um, it was really just for me and but at some point people started seeing what I was doing mm-hmm. um, and it took me I'd say probably about three years before anyone even saw what I was doing. I mean, I would I would take photos and I would just I would keep them because it was, they were mine. They weren't. Uh, it wasn't yeah. something that I was ready to share, uh, wanted to share, was even thinking about sharing in terms of an outlet. It was just I was just capturing and capturing and documenting. So um, so I did that, and then um, one day people started to notice it, and that just kind of opened things up a little bit, and. Around 2003, I went on a trip. Uh, my wife is, uh, is from Nigeria, and we, we traveled to Nigeria, and I just shot every single thing that I saw. Um, and I, I think in, in that week and a half, I, I must have taken five or 6,000 photos and just wow. like shot and shot and shot. And when I came home, I was, I was showing people my vacation photos, and people were like, no, 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 I want to buy this. I I want to blow this up and put it on the wall. 
I was like, all right, $5. I mean, just, like, just, it, just whatever it costs to print it, sure, whatever. And, and uh, at one point, an art gallery in New York saw some of the photos, and they reached out to me about, um, about being part of an exhibit in, in Yonkers. And that was, that was really the wake up. That was when I said, all right, you know, I, think, I think we need to put some, in, some real serious energy and effort into this. That's so dope. Yeah. The signatures that you mentioned, is that here in Hartford? That was in Hartford. When I'm going back. I'm going I'm going back. Give me some history. Where this, was where was that? This spot was uh you know where Papa's was over on over by the train station. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. It was right it was right along there. I mean this the space was it was the size of a shoebox and there would be 150, 200 people in there. Wow. And it would be packed every single Tuesday and Thursday night and I mean um the Bulanians and, and Yassad and Obusanya and everybody was in there and it, it was just it, it, at that point it was so fresh and so new it was just it, it was just a dope vibe it was real cool yeah. yeah oh that's rad do you ever do you ever still dream of becoming a spoken word artist nope at all nope never yeah no nothing tickles you I'm good okay yeah I was just checking because you know. Let the pictures talk. Because I dabble. A picture's worth a thousand words. I can write more though. <laughs> <laughs> but you write. You write. I write. I write. <laughs> so, who or what have been some of your biggest influences? Um. In terms of in terms of what. I, I, I just, everything, and I, I know that sounds like really cliche, but I just, if you see me walking down the street, I'm usually looking around. <laughs> it's just because I, I, I'm, looking for, I'm looking for light and shadow. So that's, that's just like, I wish I could see in black and white sometimes. So, sorry to anyone that is colorblind. I'm not wishing that I could be colorblind. But there are days where, you know, a cloudy, gloomy day is cool for me because I see just all the color goes away. Yeah. And like I love just seeing just light and shadow. So what in, what's what inspires me, what influences me is just everything that's around. Um, in terms of in terms of people, in terms of uh, photographers, you know, it's there's so many, and I I always I was telling you earlier that like I always forget names, and I I, I hate that, but. Uh, but you know, a lot of the documentary photographers, um, street photographers, are are just amazing for me to watch because that's that's what I. There's two sides of what I love to do, which is you know just documentary street photography and then doing like creative studio stuff. Um, you know, Gordon Parks, hello. I mean, that's if, if you're not influenced by him, you just should probably put your camera away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but Bresson is uh, was was one of the masters of, of street photography and and so his his work is absolutely amazing. Um, Dave LaChapelle, in in terms of like studio creative, just avant garde, out of this world. You can't dream you, like stuff that you dream of in nightmares. That's kind of the stuff that he puts out. Yeah. <laughs> so you know those are uh, those are just a few a few. And I'll I, I'm sure as we go on, I'm just gonna start like in the middle of the conversation. I'll just drop a random name, and that'll be one of the influencers because it'll come to me as we just continue to talk. Word. Yeah. So tell me more about, so something that actually came up in 
the last live session um, was how our jobs that have nothing, supposedly have nothing to do with what it is that we're passionate about, some of those skills are transferable mm. in, over into that. So can you talk a little bit more about how your history working with sound and audio, how that influenced like how you work with a camera? Yeah, no, no, no doubt that like every single step of what I've done in my life professionally, with the exception of two years when I was a mailman, has led me has led me here. I'd like to delve into that in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. I would love to. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, from a technical, from the technical side, sound and light are they're, they're the same. They're waves. They are the exact same thing. Um, they bounce off of surfaces. They reflect. They can be direct. They can be indirect. So the understanding of just the theory of photography, I was lucky because I had, you know, a theory in, in audio and, and a background in audio um, and understanding, understanding acoustics. That let me understand how, how light works and how light responds and reacts with the environment and things around it. So that was, that was great to, to have that. Um, from, you know, from a career perspective, I started out in sales, which if you're going to be in business, you need to know how to sell. I don't care whether you think you do or don't. You know, everyone has a product or a service that you need to talk about. Mm -hmm. And that I, I had that base there for, you know, for 10, 15 years of just having a background in sales. Um, it, it gave me, you know, it, it also let me be a people person. And for me, which some people believe, some people don't, I'm an introvert. I'm not in, I'm not the person that's going to be in the middle of the room, usually unless I have a camera in my hand. <laughs> when the camera's in my hand, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a different person. Yeah. Um, but having that background in sales taught me how to get in front of people and taught me how to break ice with people. And that's, you know, if someone, if you're going to have a subject in front of you, they have to be comfortable. Mm. And they have to feel comfortable and they have to be able to not pose because honestly that's something that I don't really my aspiration isn't to get someone to pose, it's for them to be themselves in front of the camera, which means getting them to let their guards down and to take down that wall that we typically have when a camera's in front of us. Yeah. And that wall is, okay, I have to look perfect. Right. And I think some of the strongest images are not the ones where someone looks perfect, it's when someone shows who they are. Mm. And uh, so having that, going back to you know, uh, what, what brought me here, um, you know, and, and the skill set, you know, having that background in sales, having that engagement with people, that was a real, real um, strong influencer and, and you know, a, a, a skill set that I was given that let me, cool, let me, uh, let me be a photographer and yeah. get in front of people. Yeah. So just so y'all know, you might be hearing trains in the background and, and horns beeping and all that good stuff because we're by the train track. That's right. And that's okay. Realest podcast you'll ever listen to. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about being a mailman, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. For two man. years? For two was years. Was that like the in-between, like after? That was, that was in my early 20s. And um, I just, <laughs> I went through a period where I really had no idea what I wanted to do in life. Mm. And 
but I needed a job. <laughs> so as as, as many most, of us, yeah. a lot of people do that. Yeah. A lot of people need jobs. Um, yeah. yeah, I didn't luck into that whole trust fund baby, but I did have amazing parents and supportive parents that that just gave me everything that I ever needed. So yeah. I never wanted anything, but I still had to get a job. So, <laughs> but still, <laughs> I had to get a job. Um, but no, I. I uh, it was one of those, hey, walk in, fill out an application, and I, I needed something. And I was technically a, a temp carrier, but being a temp mailman is it's like the worst job that you can have as a mailman. Why? Because all of the regular carriers, you know, they have their ropes, and mm-hmm. they have, you know... Uh, they know what they're supposed to do every single day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of days they might get overloaded because they had to carry too much mail. And if they, had, if they carry too much mail, then their arms get weak and they get tendonitis and all that stuff. Oh, wow. So the days that they had too much mail, they would dump it off to me, oh. the overflow. And I would take over part of their route. But the part of the route that they're going to give up is like the crappiest, worst possible dog infested. So I've been, you know... I got chased by pit bulls a few times. Got chased. German shepherds are worse than pit bulls, um, but got chased by a pit bull. Had a knife pulled on me one time during the route, uh, during the delivery. I mean, you. The temp mailman job taught me one thing that I did not want to be a mailman. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's exactly what lessons it taught me. learned. Lessons learned. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. <laughs> so, um, what do you think? your work aims to say if that's too hard for you to answer because sometimes it's hard for us well you know what do other people get from it there's depending on what I'm capturing um depending on what I'm shooting I I love shooting love that I mean a lot of people you know I'm known as a wedding photographer so I love I love the love between two people um it's it's a beautiful thing and again when those walls come down and when they feel like they can be themselves regardless of whether there's a camera in front of them or not um i love i like for people to be inspired by the love images that they see so that's something that i just just gets me I, I wish I had a soundboard just to like just <laughs> you just do did. that sound. You just did. But like with an audience, you know, okay. a squad of yeah, us going, okay. aww. Well, you know, special effects. We can add that in special later. Effects. But um, <laughs> I love that. I, I, I like for people, you know, with, with my documentary images to, I love travel. And so I, I want people to see other parts of the world. I want people to see things that I want people to see real life and how people live their lives mm. in different spaces and how we're all pretty much we're pretty similar yeah we're not that different yeah. you know um, and, and maybe that's utopian but you know there's 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 people that have so much less than what we have right that in their own ways are more satisfied in life um than we are and so that's that's something that you know from from my recent trip to Ghana that uh that I really noticed is you know we have we've got so much crap and I mean it like crap and I'm guilty of it too I got way too much crap but to see people living a life and and simplifying things down to you know 
live your purpose, find what it is, and I don't care if you're a fisherman or, you know, a basket weaver, you live that life and you're satisfied with it. You you do the you do the best that you can at what it whatever it is that you do and you go home satisfied and you live again. So hmm. I like that. I like seeing I I love sharing I love sharing that. So um there will be some exhibits in the future that we're going to be able to uh, share some of those images and share some of how people um, how people really live their lives. That was going to be my next question. What are some projects that you're working on? Well, Aha. come got, on, tell I've me got more. Some, I've got some friends that I'm uh, that I'm working with. How and many of us have them? <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're excited, um, and and. Uh, the person that's interviewing me is part of this group. So. Oh my God, that's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Zulnet, Shelly Best, Patrick Williams, Andre Rochester, uh, we are we are excited to be putting together a, a traveling show mm-hmm. that is going to be showcasing all of our work. And um, so that that's the biggest thing that is that's on the plate right now. Here's another sound effect. Exclusive. Yes. 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 <laughs> Get ready. Are we are we are we letting information out yet? I by the time this comes out, Yale University. <laughs> by the time this comes out, it's already going to get promoted. Okay. So don't even worry about cool. it. Don't even worry. That's about all it. I'm going to say for now. Call that a teaser. You but know, whatever. Yeah, Torrington. Yeah. Just just call it a teaser. Yes. Yale, Torrington. You We've know, got whatever. W- Windsor. The two two four. Two two four. Whatever. Windsor. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. here. Just ooh. Maybe Ooh, we time frozen studio. We have wall space. Oh, oh, look at look at that. Why not? But You'll um, get all the teasers right now. I love, <laughs> it. I love it. When you hear this in October. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> no, we're 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 excited about this show. Oh, it's so gonna excited. be so dope, so dope. So. Have you done exhibits like that before? You said you had gotten invited to Yonkers, right? Got invited to Yonkers, mm-hmm. and that was a that was a group gallery exhibit. Uh, yeah. It was called Out of Africa, and um, that that was that was so cool. Like the support that we have here is really amazing um and and it's i mean not just me but for a lot of artists and and a lot of people around the hartford area you know a lot of people say hartford doesn't support um come on i the number of people that drove down that i did not expect to yonkers new york for this gallery opening just blew my mind and this was back in 2011 if i'm not mistaken and just carloads of people that came to support and, and i was just i was so appreciative and i'm i'm always appreciative of like all the support that I've received and over, over the years and people that jump out and, you know, vote for Best of Hartford for the past three years straight. Hey. Like, that's, that's an amazing honor, but at the same time, it's, it's a popularity contest, and it's one that just to, to get people to take the time out, yeah. to, to just, like, throw a vote up, it sounds simple, but it's time. And yeah. so we're... I'm always appreciative about it. There's, there's, t- there's just so much support in this city that um, I know that when we do have our show in Yale, we'll see a lot of Hartford faces. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Yeah, we will. So speaking of support, what sort of support do you look for? Um, any. And, and I mean, sometimes you get disappointed as a photographer because, you know, not all the people that, that like, shout you out or look at you on Facebook and give you likes. They don't necessarily give you a, a telephone call mm-hmm. uh, to, to book you for a photo session. But 
everyone has a purpose and, and some people they're sometimes it's just that vocal support. Yeah. Hey, somebody tells you you're doing great. Somebody tells you, you know, keep it up, don't quit. You look, don't quit I, is one of the best things that an artist can hear. Mm-hmm. I promise you. You mm-hmm. know, if if uh, if you're listening, if you see an artist out there, you know, they might look like they're on top. Just tell them don't quit because they might be at that at that transition point where they might be close to giving up because hey there there have been many many times where I was ready to throw in the hat and the phone will ring and it'll just be a random person saying hey you're doing something you're doing something special um, s- support your artists it doesn't hey we love it when you buy our stuff but sometimes we just need some encouragement and some love and it might be a hug we can take we'll take all of it it's all currency mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm um, so, also something that came up yesterday, not technically yesterday by the time y'all hear this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but something that came up was how it is that we define who we are. So when it is that we actually grab and attach ourselves to the title of whatever it is that our craft is. So at what point did Keith say, hey, I'm a photographer. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a great question. You know, I tried. Yeah, yeah. Now you got me like <laughs> digging back in the archives in the back of the brain. Um, when did I feel like I was a professional photographer? I would probably say the first time I got a call the first time I got a call from someone that wasn't a friend, mm. you know, when, when you, when you get a call from someone that is, you know, a random person, maybe mm. they're not random, but someone that you, that you don't know, right. um, or someone from, from, you know, way out of state, uh, there was, there was a time that I did get a phone call that was, uh, just completely unexpected and, you know, it was, asking me to shoot their wedding but it was uh it was an out-of-state wedding and it was someone that uh wasn't even a referral from another local person it was just they they saw me they saw my work and they wanted me and there were no questions asked or anything like that and like that was that was an amazing moment that was that was really cool that's so dope yeah that's dope (laughs) (laughs) um Another one, and I, I mean, I was I was well into my career at, at this point, but um, when I shot the wedding that was broadcast live on on TV, which was just like, what what wedding was that? What are you what are so you referring to? This was this was a wedding because uh, <laughs> I know what you're referring to. <laughs> <laughs> this was the love and hip hop wedding. This was was Yandy and Mendeecees, and it was just like it was amazing. I, it, I was I was actually in the middle of shooting a wedding one day a couple of years ago 20, 2015 and my phone is my phone just started blowing up on Instagram and I had no idea what was happening and just my it's it's Instagram is lighting up and I had to turn my phone off because I kind of had to shoot a wedding at the time right and uh, <laughs> and at one point I get an inbox from someone saying that they were. Uh, the publicists for Yandy and Mendeecees and they wanted to talk to me about shooting their wedding in a month. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, 30 days from now. And so 
I, at this point, my mind is kind of blown. <laughs> I don't know if it, whether it's real or fake or whatever. Right. But, uh, but yeah, the conversation went on and we, you know, one of the bridesmaids overheard it. And so I, I hate the fact that <laughs> this, this story turned out to be part of this couple's wedding. But they started jumping up and shouting, shouting and making all kinds of noise about Yandy and Medici's and I, their, their wedding photographer is shooting Yandy and Medici's wedding. Because, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it happened so, so quickly that basically the contract was signed by the end of the day. Wow. So as, as I'm shooting a wedding, I'm booking the largest wedding of my career at, the point, at this point. Um, but yeah, that was, you know, that was one of those definitely transformative moments. And, and that also goes back to support because the, the only way that I got this wedding was someone, Yandy put a post up saying, tag your favorite photographer. My gosh, I'm getting married in 30 days. I need, I don't have a photographer. And that's when my phone just started going Uh, off over and over and over again. So people, yeah, people just went you know, crazy just with the support and tagging me and that's what got their eyes on me and the rest was history. That was a just the, rest the, was the cra- a crazy wedding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Oh, that's so cool. So yeah, shout out to um to to folks that like tag us and stuff yes. and, and share stuff you and, have and no idea what it can spread do. Spread our name, spread the word about us. Yep. Yeah, because you never know. No, definitely. You never know who's paying attention. Exactly. Yeah, so that's dope. Congrats on that. Mm. Um, that's a huge deal. Um, how do you? What does success mean to you? Is it reaching a certain dollar amount? Is it reaching a certain like level of status? Is it shooting? certain thing like what what is success for you success for me is shooting being able to obviously financially take care of my family I mean that's that's something that has to happen that's just real life yeah um but success as a creative is being able to to shoot and capture what I want to Mm. um not on my terms because you can't do everything on your terms. We live in a real world. Uh, that's that's you, that's one of those dream things to be like. I want to do everything on my terms. Yeah, that I don't think that's that's real. But to be able to, I love travel. To be able to travel and see different places and see different people. Um, to bring my family along with me. To do that. To make people feel something with my images. Mm. That's, that, that that brings me joy. Aww. Yeah. That, that's good. Awesome. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. See you. Don't go anywhere. Seriously, I'm watching you. And we're back. Hello. <laughs> yeah. What? So we talked about a highlight of your career. What was like a really challenging time? Or were there other highlights of the career, of your career so far? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's been other highlights. I mean, it's, like I, like I said to you earlier, like so much of it has just been this wave and ebb and flow. I mean, I, I would say in terms of like things that I've, that I've loved and one of the biggest highlights was 
getting a phone call to uh, be the photographer for Chad Dawson, who is uh, light heavyweight. He was light heavyweight champion of the world. Um, and uh, to be able to just like shadow him and shoot for him for, you know, for a few years throughout his career was just shooting boxing is like nothing else in the world. No. I mean, no, I mean, people pay a lot of money for ringside seats and they got worse seats than I got. <laughs> yeah. Like when, when your elbows are on the ring, you got a good seat. <laughs> oh, that sounds like thrilling and scary. Oh, and yeah. Much. Oh no. There, you know, you, you got to dodge feet and blood and sweat and everything else. But Oh man, the just I would I would finish shooting a fight and I was I felt like I was in the ring just covered in sweat, my own mostly exhausted. Oh no! Um, I was just worn out, but like it was this crazy. You can shoot any other sport. Nothing. There's no other sport that gets you as close. I mean, to to shoot a football game, you're standing on the sidelines. You know, basketball game, same thing. But like you're literally watching out you're making sure that you're not getting stepped on by a fighter that's so rad so it was that i would say if there's if there's one thing that i could do again would be like to shoot to shoot a fight like i i absolutely loved loved that energy yeah it was cool cool it was cool so on the flip what would you say was like a challenging time in your career um a challenging uh, a, a, a tough period in my career was um, was hmm. there was there was a transition uh, with a with a former business partner that uh, that I wish went differently, mm-hmm. and so um, that was that was I would say a, a really challenging point in my career um just uh you know communication was probably the the biggest challenge there yeah and you know lack of communication and it's you know it's it causes you to look at yourself and look at your own mistakes and you know um you know own up to things but um that I would say that was probably something that really it, it was one of those points where, all right, am I keeping the studio? Am I keeping the space? Am I staying here? What's, you know, what's next? Um, that was, I would probably say, if, if there was a challenging low point, that was probably it. Yeah. Um, and, and, but on the flip side, it also made me realize that, you know, you, sometimes rolling solo, you got to do. Hmm. You know, some, sometimes uh, that adversity that, that, you think is going to bring you down actually brings you back mm. yeah and, and brings you back stronger so snaps yeah what do you think are some misunderstandings that people have about photographers or photography um that you can photoshop anything instead of just taking a damn good picture <laughs> <laughs> there you have it kids yeah yeah photoshopping my friend sorry I'd rather just like take a good photo um (laughs) that you know that a lot of that a lot of photography is simple um straightforward that it's that it's easy that you can just pick up a camera and just kind of uh you know rock out with it and i I, i've seen situations where um 
people will go out and purchase a camera and before they've put a memory card or the batteries in, they've, you know, printed out business cards and tried to market a photography business. Mm. And to be honest, I mean, everyone has ambition and, and wants to do it. And I, I respect and love that. Um, I certainly did, did as well. Uh, but you learn hard that I mean, it's a business, yeah. number one. Number two, you, you got to know what you're doing. I mean, you're, you're trusting, people are trusting you. Yeah. And for the industry itself, it's, it's not good to have people that just uh, aren't 100% there yet and, and haven't taken the steps to, to really put themselves there um, to, to kind of jump, to just like jump feet first in. Right. I mean, I could go out and buy some law books, and, but I'm not going to try and... <laughs> You're not going to try to defend me I'm not you defending you. No. What? No. No. I just, I just saw them at a tag sale. I just bought some law books. That was just it. They look, they look good. They made me look smart in the house. Just put them on a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not just a matter of point and, and click, right? Not really. No. No. no there's, there's a little more to it than that. <laughs> just a smidge? Yeah. But no, I mean, you know, miscon- misconception as well is that, you know, I wish I were out shooting all the time, um, but you know the the reality is, at at this level, it is a business. So I probably and and it was my own misconception. I thought that I was going to be out shooting all the time, mm. and I may shoot ten percent of the time, maybe ten to twenty percent of the time, and the rest is emails and communication with clients and editing and lots of editing and you know running a business. Yeah, and those uh, those are the things that eat up. A lot of time, a lot of resources, um, energy, you know, financially and as and otherwise, time in and financial. So yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, what are some, if any, like daily habits or rituals that help you get in the zone, in the Keith Clater time frozen zone? Um, I I love I love looking at art. I love looking at you know just again that that inspiration of just looking at light, looking at, looking at places and things and, um, communicating with other photographers. That's, that's like something that I like to do on a regular basis. And, you know, I, I, I like to think of myself as an open book, but just learning from other people just in, in everyday conversation, um, learning from other photographers that helps keep me in that space where, you know, I'm, I'm ready to shoot. And, and sometimes for me, it's really just like, it's practice. Yeah. Yeah. I love, sometimes I'll call somebody and just say, hey, come by the studio for a half an hour and, and I might have an idea that I want to get out and I just want to shoot. I mean, it's, that's shooting free throws. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, when you, when I'm, when I'm shooting a wedding and I have 10 or 15 minutes to get, to make a stunning image of a couple, you know, yeah, you can wing it, but you've got to know, you got to have some kind of base for it and you have to have some kind of practice and you have to visualize it and play it in your head a number of times so that when it's time to, to execute a vision, you can do it and not look like you're fumbling around and don't know what the hell you're doing with your camera or your right. equipment or your couple or anything like that. So mm. just practice. When I, when I get a chance to, to practice, I feel, I feel good. I feel, you know, all, all of that all the nervous jitters kind of goes away. Yeah. Because you know what to do when it's time to do it. 
So 10 to 20% of the time is shooting, mm-hmm. and the other percent is, is editing and emails and all that. So along with that, how do you self-care in the midst of all this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I eat. <laughs> Eating is I good. Eat. It's eat. also necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, man, I wish I could say I went to the gym, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's a goal. It's something that I'm working towards. But, you know, I, relaxation, time with family, mm. um, those, are, those are the things that bring me, bring me peace, like hanging out with my son, hanging with my wife, little getaways when we get a, get a chance to. You know, those are the things that I have to, I have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, sometimes that self-care is going out and shooting, but just shooting what I want to shoot. I mean, I, I love what I do. Um, it's it's great to do it when I don't have a, a client deadline yeah. or something else going on, but just to to walk around and shoot for myself or to you know just try something different. That that is part of the self care self care for me. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. During Alicia Cobb's interview, something that came up was how people can switch up on you mm-hmm. when they see that you're gaining some some success, right? So one of the things that she said was like sometimes people will approach her after seeing like what she's doing with art and be like, oh yeah, we're cousins. She's like, now everybody's like all of a sudden my cousin. So have you encountered some of that with? Um, yeah. Somebody trying to be your cousin. <laughs> I haven't gotten that big yet. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, hey, if if people. Again, when it comes down to support, if mm-hmm. people are supporting and, and someone's proud to be tied to you, then yeah. that's cool. If that turns into, you know, hey, I, I, I want this or I want that, mm. you know, and, and just kind of pulling for, for no particular reason, yeah. You, you How do you set to, up those boundaries? Uh, have a price. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a business. Yeah. And I mean, it really just comes down to explaining to people that it is a business, that it's it's my livelihood, and I'll help people. Um, I, I I think I go out of my way to help people, mm-hmm. but um, at the end of the day, you know, I I have to I have to pay the bills on this studio. I have to pay insurance. I have to pay, you know, I have to buy new cameras. And and it's you know, as an artist, a lot of people think, okay, it's just your creative time. It's just your brushes and mm-hmm. some canvas. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot more than that. And, right. you know, as, as a photographer, there's, there's tens of thousands of dollars of equipment that has to be paid for and maintained. And so, you know, it's, it's a business that has a lot of overhead. So just, hey, bring your camera to, to my kid's first birthday. I wish I could do it all the time. <laughs> and there are times that I have, but there are times that I can't and people have to understand that so yeah. yeah so if someone wants to work with you how should they go about it uh they can they can contact me through through our website through timefrozen.com um instagram facebook um you know there's all the all the social media it, with the exception of myspace I closed that page down last week but uh <laughs> Of what? I'm joking. It's <laughs> <laughs> making sure you're awake. Um, I'm but waiting yeah. for you to drop the other ones like like high five. <laughs> Y'all remember that? 
Don't talk to me if you don't remember that. <laughs> Black Planet. You can hit me on Black Planet. Mi but, gente. Go away, man. But uh, but yeah, no, those are those are real good ways to contact me. Um, you know, it's I'm, I'm usually usually I do my best to get back to people in a uh, in a timely timely fashion. But uh, but yeah, just hit me there. Social media, email, Keith at timefrozen.com, any of that. Dope. How do you seek out opportunities or do opportunities find you or both? Both. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm part of some uh, pretty active photographers' networks. So, you know, we, we, we share information. Um, we, we refer people when we find, you know, the right fit when it comes to photo shoots and especially weddings. A lot of times, it, you know, we're booked, we're booked for weddings. So we love to refer business to our friends and people that sometimes are a better fit or, um, you know, what, whatever it is. But we, I, I would say that the network of really, really cool photographers that, that I work with are, uh, is, is one way to kind of share that wealth yeah. um, and, and pass those referrals along and seek out, you know, new, new ways of doing business. Um, I am lucky enough that a lot of people do reach out to me. So that's, you know, again, comes down to that support thing and being thankful for that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed to be in that spot, in that space where, you know, my phone does ring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit more about about that, about having a network where people will actually, like, refer somebody to you, even though you both do similar things. Mm. I won't say the same thing, yeah. but similar things. Because we... You know, what get brought up a lot is this supposed competition mm-hmm. or that there's limited resources or anything like that. So could you expand on that? I'm like, Yeah, I mean, number one, I can't take all the business. I couldn't handle all the business. Yeah. I, you know, and, and I, I don't want all the business. And I don't mean to say that in a, in a back, in a, you know, pretentious tone. But, you know, I can't, I can't do everything. Um, and there are... There are times where I may not be able to do something. Um, you know, it, it's it's one of the questions that every single bride always asks me is, you know, if if you get sick on our wedding day, you know, what what do we do? Can can you call? Is there someone you can call? Well, yeah. I mean, I've got a bunch of photographer friends that are quality photographers that put out good work, and if I put myself in a bubble of competition, I could never reach out and make a phone call and say, hey. I know it's Saturday and it's your only Saturday off because you're shooting weddings too and you've got a Saturday off, but would you mind covering for me for a day? Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, throughout my 13-year career shooting weddings, I've only had to make those phone calls, uh, I think, two or three times. But when I, when I have, people drop what they're, what they're doing and they help. And that's, that's really mm-hmm. what business is supposed to be. It's, you know, the, there doesn't have to be... a this level of cutthroat competition. Yeah. Um, it, there shouldn't be. There, you know, there's, there's, people offer different things for different people. I, I'm not offended when someone says, you know what, your style isn't exactly what we're looking for. Okay, cool. Well, you know what, here, let me recommend somebody that might be a better fit. Yeah. It, it's not about being, photography, creative arts, it's subjective. There's no, I'm a better photographer than you are. I'm a worse photographer, a better painter than you are. Somebody's gonna love your work. Yeah. I'm lucky that people love my work. <laughs> Thank you. But I'm gonna pass, you know, I'm gonna pass it along to, to, to the people within, you know, within my circle and, and, and try to expand that circle at, at the same time. Like if, if if I can 
if I can share what I know, yeah, that's that's a good thing. I mean, one of one of my early mentors is uh, a, a friend of mine's father is named Ron Tom Ron Thompson, and you know he he taught me a lot about this business very very early on, and he was he was always wide open, um, didn't hold back anything, and yeah. uh, and and that's what we should do, and and you know in reality when you're first starting in this business in any business our tendency is to is to protect it is to like really and, and for the first few years I might have been like that mm. you know and I, I pulled in and, and really wanted to protect it and you know I I was still learning and when you're still learning it's it's your baby yeah. but um, but I just time has taught me that you know the more you share the more the more you learn from others you know, we, we all, in, in this industry, we need each other. Yep. We absolutely do. And, and to just sit in a boat in the ocean by yourself, you're not, no one's going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So who was the mentor that you just mentioned? Uh, his name's Ron Thompson. Ron Thompson. Yes, yes. So along with some of the things that he taught you about the business, how, what are some steps that you took to turn this into a business? Um... Really, as as far as you know, as far as that transition from uh, from just having it be a hobby and something that I like to do in into becoming a full fledged business was uh, was doing that kind of re- was doing research. Um, that was that was the first thing. Um, joining some professional organizations was huge, and that's something that I I recommend anyone you know that. You do not need a college degree to become a photographer. That's a fact. But you do need a base. And, you know, I, I, do, I join uh, WPPI, Wedding Portrait and Photographers International. Uh, there's uh, another, uh, another group called Munalucci that I'm a, that I'm a part of. There's, there's a lot of different organizations that I have joined that puts me in front of mentors, educators, uh, people that will train you, people that will give you the business background um, that, that you need to really run a business in. And I would say that when I started getting involved with those organizations, um, that's when the quality of my work jumped and that's when my business jumped. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you, you've got you to gotta have that. And I see, you know, I talk to a lot of people and the first thing they say is, oh, I... I learned everything on YouTube. You can find everything out on YouTube. Yeah, but you can't talk to the people that are instructing you on YouTube. Right. You can't have that conversation. And if you have questions, you know, how do you get that, that feedback and how do you play off of each other? So um, going, going to seminars, going to conferences, I, I try to make it a point um, still to this day to go to at least three, three conferences a year. Um, one, it's great to network with people. Two, they're usually in pretty cool places, so you get a yeah. chance to get away for a little while. Um, but you know, to to meet up with other photographers and go on a photo walk, and twenty people just literally walking down the street in a new city, just exploring and shooting and sharing what they know, um, yeah. and and then to sit down and break bread with them afterwards. You you can't do it all on a YouTube video. You got to interact with people, and that's you've got to build those relationships and build build that network if you want to go somewhere in any business yeah yeah so those organizations that you had joined um was there is there fees attached to that mm-hmm. is there like a membership thing is it 
Yeah, yeah, no, there's, there's, there's fees attached to it. Um, and, and I think it's a, it's a good thing that there's fees attached to it because you, you want to make sure that people are willing to invest in themselves to get somewhere. Um, and, and also, you know, you want to make, you want to, it's a business. It still is a business. People, people need to be compensated. It, you can't have a trade show in Las Vegas uh, with 15,000 photographers without it costing something. And, and if you want to get the best photographers in the world to come in and teach you, just like you would in school, you got to pay for it. Yeah. 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 So. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Keith is watching you. <laughs> the carbons and the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me because I appreciate aesthetics. Anywho. I love old architecture. Me too. I love it. It was so, it's made so thoughtfully. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is also made so practically. Like, yes, you should absolutely put shelves into the wall. <laughs> Why not? Because. Right. Because stuff is going to end up on we shelf. have stuff. We have stuff. We yeah. need it. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, oh my God. It's like genius <laughs> to me and so beautiful. And I know that it's time consuming. And mm -hmm. the craftsmanship that goes into it, that it's also so sturdy and right. it has survived so long. Like that just tells you. I, my house, my house was built in the fifties and like, you, you can't break my house. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried. You cannot, you cannot break my house. I didn't realize, like, I didn't, re one day I was, I was trying to demolish a wall. And I didn't realize the wall's made out of like concrete. Oh snap! Yeah, but I have a bomb shelter in my basement. A real, like if 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 it finally starts to go down, trust me, just bring food and some water and some stuff. You can, yeah, yeah, straight up bomb shelter. Didn't, I'm I'm noting that yeah. for the zombie apocalypse. That's Con sure to come in the Concrete wall, next ceiling, years. floors, everything. <laughs> <laughs> See, because somebody was thoughtful enough to know. Like, listen, hey, some stuff that's going to last. It's because... the 50s. we got some Cold War stuff going on. I don't know if it's going to get to a warm war. So... A warm war. <laughs> I knew about global warming then. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, so is there anything else besides wedding photography that you get asked to do the most? Um, right right now, it's uh, I, I do a lot of headshots and portraiture. Mm -hmm. I love doing that. I love doing that work. I love portraiture um, because, again, it comes down to having a finite amount of time to get someone to take down the barriers and let their real selves be captured. Yeah. So I just, I, I love, love, love portraiture. So, portraiture. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Um, what are some of the coolest places that you shot at? Dang. Uh, dang. This... I've been brought to um, shot a wedding in France once in the south of France. And that that didn't suck. Um, that didn't suck. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No. That was that was that was gorgeous. Just the the Alps. We we were shooting in the Alps, and it was just amazing. Um, in in this four hundred year old monastery, that's where the wedding took place. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of architecture, right? Oh my right. god! Yeah, no, and I and I actually got to to stay that night, spend the night in that monastery, in the friar's room, which was the creepiest room I've ever been in my entire <laughs> life. But you know, it's sometimes it was, it's, religion is scary. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like there were paintings of all the friars from like 400 oh, years no. just looking at me the entire night so yeah it was it was it was something I won't forget <laughs> um I have uh I've been to I shot a gorgeous wedding in Puerto Rico um in the Bahamas um or else I went to Ghana earlier this year which was just an unforgettable experience um Nigeria you know been there a couple of times so yeah I've I've, I've been blessed to like see a whole lot of the world That's yeah. So dope. yeah anywhere that you want to shoot yet that you haven't Iceland Iceland yep why because it is the it it feels like the set of a movie of like a an apocalyptic just horror kind of film but I mean there's just there's some really really cool spaces in Iceland yeah yeah huh so that is that's on my list um I I have not been to Asia yet so it's it's that's like within the next year yeah. I've got to figure out a way to get to Asia and I'd, I'd love to shoot in Vietnam Ooh. yeah that any particular one. reason for Vietnam nope just, all right uh, <laughs> the best no there's there's a lot of uh they're, they're out in the country in Vietnam, uh, in the countryside, once you get outside of the city, there's just a lot of temples that are out there that I'd love to just have that backdrop. Yeah. 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 Dope. Yeah. How do you cultivate your relationship with people that support you or are in your network or followers? Um, I try to stay active on social media, you know, and, and try to... I think when it comes to me on, on social media... I'm a, I, I keep things light and I, I do it intentionally because some people just get way too heavy and we got a heavy world right now we yeah. got heavy stuff going on and sometimes we just need a break from it mm. and so it's, it's cool to just laugh it's cool to just you know talk about your kid or talk about your day and not have it be you know you don't have to vent on every single thing in this world so I think that you know, just my my outlook when it comes to sharing on social media kind of gives people, I hope, in addition to having images to look at, that, you know, if I share words on social media, that they're somehow inspirational or positive or funny or something that's just going to make their day a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Okay. Um, what advice would you give to someone who wants to do what you do? Um, take, take as many damn photos as you can. Um, bring, people used to laugh at me because I, I, I bring my camera everywhere. If it's not on my person, it's in my car. Uh, it's, it's, it's somewhere close by and it's, it's not waiting for someone to call you for a photo shoot because at that point it's too late to practice. So, you know, like, like I said earlier, you're shooting free throws. Yeah. Use every single moment that you can to just to just shoot and to learn. And you know, we're we're not. It's not film anymore. It doesn't cost you to take a bad photo. So, take as many bad photos as you can. the The bad photos are going to teach you how to do something right. It's yeah. going to put you point you in the right direction. Um, you know, shoot a lot of different types of things and figure out figure out what genres of photography really interest you because you know uh, some people will say okay I, I want to shoot it all you can't run a business shooting it all you know it's 
it's it's good to specialize in you know mm -hmm. a couple of different things and find out what really inspires you, what type of photography inspires you, and be good at that. Um, now, start out by shooting everything so that you can figure out what it is that you hate. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you gotta you gotta do that. Um, but yeah, just shoot shoot everything that you can when you're first starting out and 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 learn from it do find you know find a mentor um find somebody that you can talk to about photography join those organizations find organizations that are you know have something to do with what you want and even if it's not an organization i i belong to probably uh four or five different online organizations that don't necessarily have meet and greets or, or have conferences or conventions or anything, but being able to even just have an online community that you can share information with and learn from, you, you just, you can't, you can't just do it solo. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, what are some, you know what, I'm going to murder this. Okay. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> has nothing to do with that the interview. That was positive. That has was good. nothing yeah. to do with the interview. Right. I meant it in a positive way. I'm going to murder this. Yes. Right. Right. <clears throat> what are some important lessons that you learned along the way creatively? Mm, um, creatively, it really, I would learning how not to, to take some chances, to take some risks mm -hmm. um, is big. Uh, when it comes to capturing people, you know, again, like really being able to get people to let their guards down. And, and that, that comes down to like talking to them before you even pick your camera up. Yeah. Find out something about them. Find out what makes them tick. Find out what they're interested in. You know, learn something about your subject so that when you are capturing them you're capturing them and not your own version of them because sometimes as as creatives we project what we think a person should be a yeah. subject should be and that's the wrong thing we're, we're failing if we do that we're supposed to be capturing their essence and their energy and what makes them comfortable and, and if you are in the middle of of a photo shoot you know or, or you know something where you're capturing someone Train. Train. That's what my son would say right now. Train. <laughs> He'd be running after the thing. Um, you know, if they feel, if you see that they're uncomfortable, you got to step back and stop and figure out what it is that is not happening in that session that is making them uncomfortable. And, and, and sometimes it goes beyond you. I mean, they maybe they had a bad day. Yeah. Maybe they have things on their mind that they can't drop right now um but it's your it's your job to at least figure that out really got to figure it out you got to go after that and and be unafraid to even make have like a difficult difficult conversation yeah. hey what's is there something on your mind is there something you want to talk about if if it's if it's something that's driving them to tears maybe that's what you need to capture because that's mm. that's a moment in their life that you know, every single moment, even when I'm shooting weddings, I'm, I'm not just after happy yeah. because my job is to tell the story of a day. And every single moment of the day might not be a happy moment. 
Yeah. But we've got to document that and, and creatively document it and put it in the context of the entire day. And it was just one moment. It's one one twenty fifth of a second. Yeah. Or whatever you want to set it to, set your camera to. <laughs> I love that. But that's something, you know. You can alter time. Okay, I'm going I'm to go on a tangent. We see people, we, we look at images, and, and now more than ever, because of social media and the way we're connected to phones and computers and everything, we see more images now than we ever have, ever. And we, are, we find ourselves being so judgmental of the moments that we're seeing in these images where we think that we can really judge someone's life by what they saw in one split second. And, you know, it's, I, I see it all the time and, you know, they'll, they'll look at a photo of a celebrity and say, oh my gosh, they're unhappy. Well, yeah, maybe they, maybe someone stepped on their toe right then. <laughs> you know? Maybe they're just not smiling. Maybe they're not smiling moment, at that, at that which moment. Which would be creepy if it's, everybody walked around smiling all the time. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, <laughs> just, uh, be careful when you're checking, looking at all these images and looking at moments and reckon, get it? Almost. Damn. <laughs> recognize that that moment is just that it's it's a moment yeah it's a moment it's it's not necessarily you know it's it's not a reflection of their life it's a reflection of a second yeah so yeah what were some important lessons learned along the way when it came to business oh god i, I don't know i'm still <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's the worst question you can ask me uh <laughs> Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. Um, deliver. Mm. Deliver. That's that's the thing. Um, you know, try try to figure out ways to, uh, you know, in, in in terms of in terms of growing your business. You know, there's your reputation is everything. It's it's about making a good name for yourself. Um, and, and, and there's really only one way to do that, and that's just to to deliver good work. Yeah. I mean, you can you can talk about yourself, or you can be quiet and let people talk about you and talk for you. And if if you can put yourself in a position where the world and the people are saying good things about you, you don't you don't have to open your mouth. You don't have to advertise as much. You can. Um, just just let let those references speak for themselves and let them let them do the work for you so mm -hmm. yeah any important personal lessons learned along the way that photography has helped oh man um communicate mm -hmm. communicate that's and and that that's with family with friends um you know because because everything is about breaking down barriers and walls, um, you, you've got to figure out, and that's something I'm still learning. I'm, I'm not in any way an expert here, but I mean, you've got to be vulnerable, and you have to learn that everyone out there is, is not out to hurt you. Um, and so opening yourself up a little bit more can, can yield some pretty good results. Yeah. So let's time travel just a smidge, not a lot, just a little bit. Where are we going? The year is 2022. Mm. What is Keith doing in 2022? 2022, I might be living on a beach on an island somewhere. 
and might be a destination wedding photographer for where people are just coming to that island to get married. And I'm going to take those photos on the beach. Yeah, yeah. In between the rum punches. <laughs> that's, that's one scenario that, that's played out. Um, <laughs> the other scenario is, you know, I, having some associate photographers that, that work with me, alongside mm-hmm. of me. Um, because I'm not getting younger, and I will see it. Look, a wedding day is about a 14-hour day, maybe maybe a 12-hour day, 12 to 14 hours. Um, a lot of on my feet, a lot of laying on the ground, a lot of climbing hills, a lot of climbing stairs. I'm getting old is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, a, there's a time limit. It's a sport. Um, yeah. But no, just, you know, taking some photographers and, and teaching them and training them and hopefully being to the point where I can, you know, I'm not, I, I don't want to have a chain of time frozen photography studios, but I would love to, you know, be able to employ some people, uh, have them make a good living as well as, you know, just be able to expand the brand so that I can service more people. And, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm thankful that my phone rings to the point where I can't handle the business sometimes and, and have to pass it off, but I would love to be able to handle the business, if not directly, at least through people that have been, you know, trained through me. So, mm. so either on a beach or growing the business, either way it's growing the business, but yeah. Dig it. If I have people working for me, then I can spend some more time on a beach. There you go. Yeah. 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 Could you give us one to three positive affirmations for us to carry with ourselves until we all meet again? Mm. Slow down. Breathe. Hope. Mm. And now it is time for us to do a special edition of trivia. <laughs> I shifted this just for not just Keith, but Horace. Mm. Could you please tell us who Horace is? Horace, actually, right, Horace is in the building right now because it is one o'clock and I miss lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, Horace is is my inner fat kid. He's my alter ego. Mm-hmm. So a, a few years ago, I was sitting around with family, and we were just starving and hungry and started talking food and everything. And um, I, I just started talking about, like, my inner fat kid. And uh, I said, you know what? This, this guy needs to have a name because he's here all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not paying rent. He's <laughs> He doesn't. He doesn't have a lot of redeeming <laughs> qualities, but he has good taste in food. So, so I just came up with the name Horace. Horace Jenkins, as a matter of fact, he's Horace got a last Jenkins. name. Yeah, um, I have not met many skinny Horaces. <laughs> so that was the name. So that's 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 it. So, and so this is the Horace trivia. I recommend that everybody really dig deep and find out the name of your fat kid. It's going to take you places. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Dope. Mm-hmm. And so here we go. Let's go. Just try to answer the questions All as right. fast as you Quick. can. How do you like your eggs? 
Uh, over medium. Cake or pie? Cake. <laughs> Cake. Pineapples on pizza or not? Nah? Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> Hot cocoa with water or with milk? Milk. What's the bougiest thing you've ever eaten? Ooh, uh... See, that, that takes time because I've done a lot. I've done some bougie, but I mean escargot just because it sounds, it sounds good. But it sounds It sounds. Bougie, it definitely sounds bougie. But kids. Right. Let's, let's talk mm-hmm. later about escargot. All right. Juice or water? Water. Favorite meal you like to make for yourself? Uh, I'm a barbecue guy, so probably just throwing some ribs on for like six hours. Favorite meal you like for others to make for you? Um, my wife's pasta that she made for me when she, when we were early in our relationship, she made this pasta that, I don't know, I think it's like a Nigerian thing that to, to get a man because she's never made it for me again. <laughs> it's never been the same. It was just the best meal of my life. <laughs> Excellent trap. Muffins or cupcakes? Uh, cupcakes. What part of the food industry would you work in if you weren't a photographer? Mm. I... Hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I, I'd probably be a mixologist. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. What's your soundtrack to eating? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> soundtrack to eating. I might need a minute. We might have to pause on that. <laughs> we could go back to it. We okay. Go back to it. Uh, do you save leftovers? Yeah. Just checking. Chicago-style pizza or New York? New York. Uh, for wings, is it blue cheese or ranch? It's not even a question. <laughs> no, that's not. Like, if, if anyone close to me puts ranch on their wings, <laughs> I'm walking away. I, like, that's, that's grounds for ending a friendship. The donuts or the donut hole? The donuts. Okay. Uh, name some interesting things you've eaten from places you've traveled. Um, I have had frogs legs in, in France. Um, I have tried in... Do they actually taste like chicken? They taste like alligator. Oh, okay. Does alligator <laughs> taste like chicken? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably the best part of the podcast. <laughs> um, what else? In, uh, in Nigeria, I... Uh, ooh, in Nigeria, they have this, this food that they make from crushed up and skin they, they peel black eyed peas and make a mash out of it and they call it my my and it they boil it and season it and sometimes put meat and it's out of this world it sounds crazy it's you, you'll never forget it mm. mm-hmm. whose potato salad do you trust my mama's <laughs> what's your go-to snack um go-to snack now since i'm trying to be a little a little bit healthier I'm doing hummus. I'm doing some hummus. Yeah. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Or fr- no, French toast. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Neither of them. Yeah. Tips for foodies going into unknown territory. Try the craziest thing on the menu. <laughs> Top places to go to for food. Um, New York City. New York. What are some of your fave restaurants? <sighs> Stella and Maisie's. <laughs> They're down the street. Love, and I love y'all. We're back to it. What's the soundtrack to eating? The soundtrack to eating. Still, still, <laughs> still contemplating that. Giving you something to ponder. There must be some good food songs out there. You know what? Or songs that get you excited about eating. Or I'm, songs that you need to hear at the barbecue. 
now that I'm thinking about it, some Isaac Hayes. Some good, just slowed down funk music. Have that in the background? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Isaac. Yeah. Isaac. Yeah. I need instrumentals. I don't I don't need words to <laughs> to mess it up. I just need some some just some beats. Yeah. Any last words of wisdom you would like to give to other people as they are embarking on this journey of finding their own inner chorus? Um the first thing I like what I just said, try the craziest thing on the menu. Don't be afraid. You gotta be adventurous when it comes to food. Like mm-hmm. step outside of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and you know we hear it as like we as Americans we frown on a lot of different kinds of food oh yeah but if you look at our country and as young as it is we eat some of the like the worst food in the world so instead of turning your nose up at somebody else's culture where their culture is like 10,000 years old mm-hmm. they've had some practice doing it so <laughs> and they're like a lot skinnier than we are and healthier than we are so yeah just just try new stuff yeah 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 <laughs> And maybe, that was our maybe there will be a Horace podcast <laughs> one day. Oh my God, I mm. would love to listen to that. Mm. Yes, yeah. Maybe mm. maybe in a restaurant, you'll just hear like forks and knives clinking the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> um, could you please give us your shout outs? I want to shout out uh, my wife. Shinya Clater, I didn't mention her, but every single thing that we do when it comes to wedding photography, she is by my side. Um, when you look at my photos, you know, on social media or anywhere that you see them, you're looking at her work too because she is a dope, 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 dope photographer. Um, so shout out to her. First, shout out to my son Jackson, just because he's like probably the most famous kid on social media right now. <laughs> Everybody loves Jackson. People ask about him more than they ask about me, which I'm totally cool with. Um, shout out to my parents just because, uh, man, they, they just made it. They gave me a, an awesome road and, and an awesome uh, blueprint to follow. So, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a product of divorced parents that did the absolute most to make sure that I never even saw it or recognized it. They... Uh, They were there by the sidelines cheering for me every single step of the way and still are. So shout to them. Um, Shout to, you know, my circle of photographers, which it's it's big. And I hate to do this because I know I'm going to forget somebody. But to Jacqueline Greenberg, who is my my current mentor, uh, shout to Leslie Gomez, Nadia Holmes, my, my crew. Uh, Tyron Wade Jimerson, you are the man. Um, local photographers, Norman Oates. There's just like so many people out here that are just doing really, really dope things. Um, just there's there's a new generation of photographers that's out here as well. That their eye is just like crazy to watch. So yeah. you know, shout to all of the people out there that are that are doing it and that are growing and working hard at it and being professional about it. Um, love every single one of y'all. So um, yeah. So. Shout to, shout to Zulanet, shout to Patrick, <laughs> shout to Andre, shout to Shelly, because we are about to do some things. What man, you just don't even know the things that we're gonna do. Um, yeah, just shout, to, shout to everybody because I, I, I love every single one of y'all. Aww, you are loved. You are loved. Last but not least, please tell everybody where they can appropriately stalk you. You can find me on 
Instagram at, uh, I have two pages, Time Frozen and Time Frozen 2. If you just love wedding photography, uh, Time Frozen 2 is a good place to go. If you love all kinds of photography as well as my crazy life and all the crazy funny things that I see, um, Time Frozen is, is the way to find me. Uh, on Facebook, you can also find me at Time Frozen or just look me up and friend me personally, which is Keith Clater. Um, there's C-L-A-Y-T-O-R is how you spell my name, but you'll find uh, all kinds of just everything, real world, not just a, a business front or persona. I always say if you're going to hire a photographer, you got to like them as a person because mm-hmm. they're going to be in front of your face, so um, there you can find the real me. Yes. Yeah. Keith, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is dope. Thank you. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Before you head out of here, just wanted to encourage you to join us again next week where we will be talking to Chad Brown Springer, who happens to be an audiovisual artist from East Hartford, Connecticut. You don't want to miss out. It's going to be rad. See y'all next week. And now for the outro. Alrighty, mi gente. This has been another episode of The Creative Alchemist. I am your hostess with the mostest, Suli Net. You can check out the rest of my life at sulinet.com. That's Z-U-L-Y-N-E-T-T-E punto com. Until next time, stay hydrated, stay creative. Peace.